Hello and welcome to this edition of Midi's Junction with me, Anne-Marie Basada. In this month's edition, we're going to take a break from politics and social anxiety and uprisings and laws because the Middle East doesn't just make headlines, it also has a sensitive musical soul. And this side to the region often comes out in the musical instrument the oud, or Oriental Lute. That's what you're hearing right now. Perhaps you even recognize this song. In fact, it's a variation of an old Greek song by Tetos Dimitriadis called Misirlu, which means Egyptian girl. Many decades later, Richard Anthony Mansour, an American Lebanese musician who went by the name of Dick Dale, the king of surf guitar to some, redid this tune into one that you're probably more familiar with. Dale's uncles and father were also musicians, so he says he remembers seeing his uncle play Mr. Lou on one string of the oud. Now that you've heard the oud, what is it? It's a wooden string instrument, a precursor to the guitar that has its origins, some argue in Persia, as far back as 3500 BC, when it was called a babat. Others say it goes as far back as the ancient Egyptians, based on temple drawings. But many musicians and musical historians agree it really came to the scene via Iraq, as Michael Onsi, an oud player in Egypt, explains. There are uh, several theories. Some are saying that it is uh, Iraqi. Uh, it's an Iraqi uh, instrument. The, the Somer is a, uh, it's a place in Iraq. Uh, it was found in 2350 before Christ. And some others, they say that it is an Egyptian uh, instrument. But in all ways, it's a very uh, old and traditional instrument that have been used through the eras. The name Oud came about when the Arabs started calling it that. Oud means wood, specifically thin wood. And with the spread of Islam, the Oud eventually made its way over to Europe via Spain. The Oud is a traditional instrument from the Middle Ages. It's an instrument that goes back to the 6th, even 7th century. So, it began its popularity in Iraq at the turn of the century by musicians who belonged to the school of Zeriab. Zeriab himself was a musician who brought the instrument during the time of the Caliph in Baghdad to the Caliph in Grenada in Andalusia. That's Michel Akrash, a Lebanese oud player who runs the Conservatory of Oriental Music in Paris. You heard him playing earlier. And if you look at the instrument itself, over the years the number of strings have changed, but the round hollow bass and the strings at the head with no frets has remained intact, as Michel explains. It became very popular starting in the 7th century. The oud, or eastern lute, was in France up until the 17th century, just before the arrival of the piano. The piano, sometimes called the western lute, took the place of the oud. The western lute, just like the lute of the east, is similar, except it has frets, or breaks, just like a guitar. The oriental lute, or oud, doesn't have frets, which is how we can make that quarter tone, the famous sound of oriental music.
but its origins have long been associated with the Middle East. And now the oud is the most known instrument in Arabic-speaking countries, from North Africa to the Middle East. It's very well known in Turkey. In fact, it's the number one instrument in Turkey. And it's still played in Greece and a little in Iran. In Eastern Europe, it's still there and also a little in Andalusia, in southern Spain. But what makes the oud such a popular instrument? Many feel the notes of the oud are steeped in emotion, which is why it often accompanies singers. Le piano pour accompagner le chanteur. To accompany a Middle Eastern singer, it's the oud. Practically all singers opt to be accompanied with an oud over a guitar or piano. The vibration of the oud comes from the echo of the large bowl, so we can hear it. La caisse de résonance qui est grande, on entend les basses. It's the vibration which resonates with the body of the musician, so he or she can play and concentrate on the vibration of the oud. He or she can compose and, above all, sing. It helps the singer, it corrects their voice, and the voice is the musical ear which automatically follows the instrument, and that very much helps the singer. And it's for that reason that the majority of Oriental singers play this instrument. It's too difficult to sing a cappella, so the main instrument to accompany the singer is the oud, the Oriental lute, and that's why it's also known as the main instrument of Oriental music. And when you listen to the sounds of the oud, it has an almost poetic, romantic sound, as Michael explains. It's a very inspiring instrument. It has something very specially related to the culture and it's familiar to the ears of people here in the, the Middle East. I believe also maybe because it has a very warm sound that touches the, uh, the heart. You know, we are here in uh, the Middle East. People are uh, so uh, romantic and um, sentimental, yes, emotional. So I believe Oud, anyone even who doesn't know the Oud, when he first listened to it, he gets touched by a way or another. So I believe that's why it's, it's very near to people's hearts here. The oud is a ubiquitous instrument of the Middle East. In fact, it can't really be associated with just one country in particular. But there are variations in the instrument itself and the rhythms. The style of music. The style of Oriental music is normally like a major and minor scale. In Oriental music, there are eight ranges, four without quarter-tones and four with quarter-tones. It's also very rich in solos. In practically all of the Arab countries, as well as Turkey and Greece, it's a similar style. But these ranges, which I mentioned, can vary. 
the names of the ranges come from Persian. For example, we have what's called a bayeti, another called ras. Both Persian terms come from way back, so we still have these ranges. But what changes is the rhythm. For example, in Morocco, we have a rhythm of 6-8. In Morocco, there is a rhythm special called 6 sur 8, special, In the Middle East, they can't clap their hands to this type of rhythm. So each country has its own rhythm. Remember, I spoke about the range called Bayeti. Now, what allows the oud to stand out from other instruments is its quarter notes. If you don't have musical training or a musical ear, it doesn't matter. I'll explain it. Listen to this. When you listen to the oud, the reason it has such a range of sounds is because it can hit other notes that most instruments can't. Remember the famous music scale that all Western instruments follow. Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti. The oud can hit all the notes in between that. And as Michel points out, this famer quarter note exists only in Middle Eastern music. And so this range of emotions expressed by this instrument is why oud musicians under the caliphates right up until the Ottoman Empire were always an invited guest. At the time of the caliphs, for them, or in their castles, or even in their homes, the oud musician is like the times of Mozart. Back then, there were not just musicians, but there were the big ones who played for the caliph, and the oud was the main instrument. They always invited the big oud musicians, whom we can even see in some of the old photos during a big festival. But the oud is not meant for dancing, it's for listening. If you want dancing, then you have drums, no problem. But that's too strong for the oud. It will simply strangle its sound. The oud is an instrument of listening. And to listen to the oud is to almost hear a poem be recited because a musician is often known for his or her improvisation. That's the key to the live performance. Its ability to adapt to the situation, whether it be the singer, the other instruments, or the song itself. Improvisation, ça. Little improvisation through a voyage of notes. Voyage avec les modes. L'improvisation, c'est du genre de yoga. 
tout simplement. Improvisation is like a form of yoga. You have to forget everything and travel. You can't pay attention to people. And I play a line, and each line is different. But if you ask me to repeat the same thing, it's impossible. That kind of improvisation only exists in the West, in jazz and blues. So you find it in Oriental, jazz and blues music. And it's not just a man's instrument. Women across the region play it too. In fact, the famous Egyptian singer Um Karthum was known to play, although not publicly. And the man who really made a mark on the musical scene during the 20th century, Syrian-born Farid Al-Altrash, the master of the oud, learned to play from his mother. You may wonder what's the point in singing the praises of such an old instrument. Well, for starters, it's a classic that isn't going out of fashion anytime soon. Several icons from the, the history, starting from Muhammad Al-Khazabji, then Farid Al-Atrash is my uh, all-time inspiration. I listen also to Riyadh Al-Sumbati, and for sure, um, the one who had the major role for letting me paint the oud is um, the iconic uh, Mr. Nasir Shamma, for sure. I believe he, he had um, a huge influence for our generation. And as Michelle explains, a classic is exactly that, something that will never go away. In contrast, modern music goes up and up and then boom, after two, three years, it disappears. Whereas oriental music is boom, kalsum. As the diva of oriental music once said herself, she sang all the time and many imitate her all over. Even now, those in their 20s love um kalsum. It's the classical music that stays. I think of Western classical music such as Mozart, Beethoven. We can't forget them, and they are the base of Western music. Same for Oriental music, the traditional music, the classics of Hum Kalsum, Farid al Trash, Muhammad al Wahhab, Abdel Halim, and of course, Ah Farouz. Farouz aussi, du Liban. That was Michel Arkash playing for you a mix of Taksim by Farid al followed by El Halwadi by Saeed Darwish. That's it for this edition of Midi's Junction. A special thank you to the Paris Conservatory of Oriental Music and to Michel Arkash and Michael Onzi. And a thank you to Nicolas Dorot, Erwan Rome, and Laura Angela Benyato for their help in putting together this report. If you like today's podcast, you can be sure not to miss another one if you sign up for RFI Mideast Junction on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for listening and join me next month for another look at the region. Music